offerings. My presence as I come before you today is of no such importance. I am just a conduit, a front for something much greater. I have, however, been given the title, The Collector. A title I value more than anything you could ever understand. The purpose of these episodic communions is for you to relinquish your true sinister accounts. To make an offering. Our first account comes from Offerer 002 in Oregon, the United States. So it was back in 2011. I'd flown up to Oregon to visit my then boyfriend over the Christmas break. He was already working full-time, and so after he'd finished work that day, he came to pick me up so we could go grab some dinner. He'd suggested that we go get some Chinese takeaway, and then we could go up to this lookout area and watch the sunset there. This lookout area is a pretty popular place for hikers. There's a, a hiking circuit around the area, and where we'd gone to park is where everyone parks and then does the circuit. Now, being the end of the day, there weren't a whole lot of cars parked there and they were disappearing pretty quickly because people were finishing up their hike. They were leaving before it got dark. Now, as it was getting darker, there was a sensor that turned these lights on once it hit about close to sunset that as people were coming off the hiking trail would turn on the sensor and then the lights in the car park would come on. Pretty important to note that the sensor doesn't kick on for just anything. You actually have to physically have something as as big as a person to walk by the sensor to actually kick the lights on. Otherwise, they'd be flicking on and off all night long, squirrels jumping by it. So we were sitting in his uh, Grand Cherokee, just finishing up the last of our dinner, and the last of the people were, were leaving at that point, and we were in the car by ourselves in the parking lot, and the sun had already pretty much gone down by this point. But by the time the last car left, I was getting a really bad feeling, just pit of my gut something wasn't right like something that that eerie feeling you get when you know somebody's watching you acknowledged that yeah he he was feeling a little bit uneasy as well but you know it, it was nothing near as bad as what i was feeling i'd even asked him like tell me you're feeling this as well i just super uneasy chill up my spine kind of feeling it wasn't a fun feeling, but, you know, I was horny and in the car with my boyfriend, so obviously we wanted to hook up. Now, had all of his, his work stuff in the back, because at the time he was doing a landscaping job, so he had tools and other things in, in the backseat of his Cherokee. So I, I was feeling so uneasy at this point. For us to get frisky in the back of the car, it would require moving everything that was in the back to the front. I did not even want to get out of the car. I was I was feeling that uneasy about the whole situation. And awkwardly, we both start shuffling the stuff from the back seat to the front seat. And we crawl back there and we're kissing and stuff. And then the light comes on. And it, it was at that point, the sensor had to have gone off and the light came on and I kind of poked my head around and, and looked around the parking lot. There was there was no one there, not a single person in that parking lot. And he looked around as well, because obviously if you get caught in the car doing things you're not supposed to, you can get charged for 
public indecency. So we both look around. There's no one here. Okay, so we go back to kissing. Then it happens again. The lights in the parking lot all come back on, and this is really giving me the heebie-jeebies this time. So I make him go poke his head towards the front of the car, and I'm looking around the back to see if there's anyone around. was turned away from me at that point, and I swear to God, I heard someone mumble my name. It was like a gravelly low. I swear I jumped out of my skin. It was so eerie, and... I honestly thought that he was taking a piss. He, he could not have possibly been doing this right now. It was going to, I mean, it was totally killing the mood. I turn around. I'm like, did you, did you just say my name? He's, he looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, no, I didn't say your name. Like, you definitely just said my name. And at that point, I swear the temperature in the car dropped. It, it was already obviously a little bit cold because it was Christmas. It was Oregon. So anyway... He crawls into the back seat again. We move on. Then the light clicks on again. He's like, no, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll pop my head out of the car. I'll go check to see if anyone's around. Maybe it's just a stray hiker or someone who just finished the trail and they didn't drive here. Immediately, I'm like, no, do not get out of this car. He turned around, poking his head around again. And that's when I hear my name called again. The same kind of low sort of voice and... I just jump out of my skin. Seriously, stop saying my name. He's like, I didn't say your name. The light kicks off, and he's crawling back into the back seat again. But before he's all the way in the back seat, the light kicks on again, and I'm staring right at him. We're both looking at each other, and that's when I hear my name again. We both must have just gone pasty white, just ashen white in the face. That's when we realize something's really off here. So quickly we start scrambling. We, we take all of the tools and every, his work tools and just start throwing them from the front seat to the back. We didn't even finish getting all of the tools and everything into the back seat when I just jumped on top of stuff. I was sitting on all kinds of crap in the front seat and he started the car and we drove off. It was the most terrifying moment of my life and... The moment we left that area, the car must have, the, the temperature just completely re- returned to normal. It was just entirely normal again. And we both looked at each other, like, what in the heck just happened? I mean, there's no possible way for that light to have been coming on by itself. There had to have been a person setting it off and it just kept going on and off and on and off. And hearing my name, it was terrifying. I, to this day, have never gone back there again. I refuse to. Our second account is from Offerer 003, the Blue Mountains, Australia. So my story takes place in Katoomba, New South Wales. I've always lived around the Blue Mountains area and growing up I went camping a lot with my family. I had a lot of family members who loved to share Uh, scary stories about the creatures that lurked out in the bush and while I always thought these were fun campfire stories I was always pretty skeptical about them and never really believed them. However in the summer of 2011 uh, two of my close friends and I went camping uh, in the Blue Mountains and what we experienced makes me question that a little bit. This one 
afternoon, my friends and I set off on a short walk to where we intended to camp. We like remote camping, so we walked into the bush with all our gear. Um, we walked for about 40 minutes to an hour and we set up our camp. So because we walked in with our stuff, it's quite lightweight. The three of us couldn't all sleep in a tent together, so myself and my other friend, we squeezed into a tent together and my other friend, she was in a single tent by herself. When we arrived, we were the only people at this campsite because that is quite common for remote camping. And we decided to go to bed quite early that night, around eight o'clock, so we could get up to see the sunrise. I get into my tent with my friend and I'm starting to drift off to sleep. And then I hear my friend in the tent beside us unzip her tent and walk off into the distance to go and do her business. Um, and as I hear her walking off away from our tents, I'm thinking, like, you know, how annoying. I was just starting to drift off and get comfy. And now she's, you know, disturbed that. So as I'm feeling annoyed with my friend for getting up so early in the night to go and do her thing, I start to hear footsteps approach, but in the opposite direction from where my friend had just walked from behind my tent. At first I think, oh, okay, some sort of animal out there. But the footsteps are really heavy. And as they're getting heavier and louder, I look at my friend who's beside me and she's looking at me and I can see that she's also hearing this and neither of us say anything because we're just listening and trying to make sense of what we're hearing because, you know, no one else is out here in the bush. Neither of us had really, you know, heard an animal like this moving at night when we've been camping. It sounded quite peculiar. And as it's getting closer to the back of our tent, Everything around us just seemed to go silent. We didn't hear any birds. We didn't hear any crickets in the night. The footsteps just seemed to be super close to us and they just stopped. And I could just hear this heavy breathing and all I could smell was this like wet dog, just disgusting smell. And my friend and I are just looking at each other wide-eyed. We don't know what to do. And this whole time I'm freaking out thinking, you know, what's out there while my friend's also outside her tent doing her thing like what's going on and so i start to hear my friend who must have been you know finished doing her thing i hear her footsteps start to approach again from the direction she initially walked in and as i hear that i hear her footsteps stop and then all of a sudden whatever's stopped behind our tent just bolts and i hear my friend run towards our tent. She doesn't go back to her tent. She unzips our tent and just looks at us and says, we need to go. So we quickly packed up all our gear, which fortunately didn't take us too long, but I dreaded that entire walk back through the bush to get back to the car. None of us talked the whole way back to the car. We didn't want to draw attention to ourselves. Um, and we just threw our stuff in the car, got in, locked the doors, drove off. I was sitting in the front passenger seat and my friend who had gotten up to use the toilet, she was in the back seat, so I turned to look at her and I just said, well, like, what did you see? Did you see anything? And she, you know, just said she didn't know what she saw. It stood tall, about seven feet tall. It was hairy and it was staring right at her. And when she saw it, it just ran. None of us really knew what to make of that. Read you.
join the communion. The final account for this communion comes from Offerer 004, San Diego, the United States. So I was around 13 at the time when this happened. I was living in San Diego and it was summer. My friends and I were hanging out at the local mall. So we were just hanging around, you know, checking out all the stores. And I guess at some point we found ourselves in the Toys R Us and we kind of wandered into the board game section. And, you know, they had the typical board games around, you know, Monopoly, Sorry, all that. And one game stood out though, it was a Ouija board. And I remember looking at it and nothing, you know, about it seemed really standout-ish, you know, it was just kind of something you'd easily miss. But for some reason, I just remember people being so terrified to try them because, you know, obviously there's that supernatural thing to it and talking to ghosts and all that. So anyway, one of my friends decided, you know, that we should buy it because, you know, they were all having a sleepover at my place and, you know, we thought it'd be fun and, you know, kids being kids were like, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go talk to the dead, ooh, spooky and all that stuff. So I thought, why not? And you know, I bought it and took it back with us. We get back to my place and, you know, we take the board game out and, and, you know, we're reading the instructions and fooling around with it. And then we put our hands onto that, you know, piece that moves around the board and it starts moving around. You know, we all thought someone was definitely moving this board because it started spelling curse words, you know, the F word, shit, you know, just dumb kid shit. And, you know, we must have been laughing pretty hard and having a really good time because I just remember my mom came up the stairs saying, what are you guys doing in here? And when she found out that we had a Ouija board, she flipped out, like absolutely freaked out on me. She told me to pack the board away, come downstairs, and she was pissed, you know, like she was not happy. And I remember just going down the stairs and she absolutely laid into me saying, why did you buy this thing? You know, this thing talks to spirits. We don't want that stuff in the house. You know, honestly, if I thought it was a problem to begin with, you know, I probably wouldn't have bought it. But, you know, we were kids. We were just having fun. And we weren't trying to do anything bad. It was, we just thought it was a game. Anyway, she she told me to throw it in the trash. So we fast forward about a week later and I'm laying in my room just reading a comment and I hear this really loud banging coming from above me from the ceiling, you know, it's something that I've never heard before in the house, you know, like we didn't have any kinds of renovations or anything like that. So there was no reason for a loud banging to happen. Um, but it kind of went for 20 seconds or so and then stop and then go again for another 20 seconds. It was, it was really weird, but you know, after a few rounds of that, it kind of just stopped altogether until later on that night, I was trying to go to bed and it started happening again, but this time it was way louder than the first time. I remember I went to my parents' room to tell them about it, and by the time I got there, it had stopped, like completely stopped. And this probably went on for, I don't know, maybe four or five nights, I think, something like that. Um, and every time it would happen, I, I would go on, go into my mom and dad's room and tell them what's going on. And it got to the point where my dad just decided, you know, I'm gonna go investigate, I'm gonna go check it out. So we have this crawl space it's kind of like an attic, I guess, but it's not big enough for an attic. It's really small above the top floor of our house. And we rarely went up in this place. You know, it was kind of just stuff that we put storage in and, you know, things that, you know, Christmas ornaments and things like that. My dad's up there 
and he's moving boxes around and he finally gets to that place where it's right above where my bedroom is. And he starts to yell out, I can't see anything. But before he actually finishes the sentence, he just stops and everything goes quiet. He comes out of the crawl space holding a, a box in his hand, you know, like a, like a board game. And at this point, I'm completely speechless. Like it felt like I just got hit in the head with a two by four. The box that he was holding was a Ouija board box. The game that I had bought the week before with all my friends that mom had told me to throw out, he was holding it in his hand. I mean, I don't know if it was the exact one. It couldn't have been the one that I had bought because I, I threw that one out, you know? You know, obviously, dad was pissed because he knew that mom told me to throw that out and now he's holding it in his hand. But, you know, like I said, I threw it out, you know, but the trash had already been picked up. So, you know, I had no proof of anything. You know, I couldn't just take him out to a trash can and say, hey, look, dad, it's here, you know, it's gone. But anyway, he seemed to believe me and I think it was more the look on my face that convinced him more than anything else. We just ended up throwing that thing out and that was kind of it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it, I don't, I've spent years trying to make sense of this, you know? It's, was that the Ouija board that I bought? Or was that, a, was someone playing a prank on me? Like, none of it actually makes sense to me, you know? Even as an adult, you know, we lived in that house since I was born. And was it just up there? But that doesn't make sense either, you know? And, you know, we never found out what the banging was. You know, was it someone trying to tell me we needed to look up in the crawl space? It's the only unusual thing I've had happen to me, but I took it as a warning and I never mess with that kind of stuff, you know, since that day. Just, I, I don't even want to take my chances. Thank you, Offerer 002, 003, and 004. Join them by making an offering. Email your audio recording to the offeringspodcast at gmail.com or follow the link 